Welcome everybody that's online. We praise God for you. Amen. And we're excited. You may be seated. Um, I want to share something with you real quick. Uh, buddy, will you come here? You're going to like this one. <laughs> um, now, all right, turn towards me. So one of the things I want to teach you real quick is uh, just something the Lord led me to. Barrett actually did this very well just a few minutes ago where I prayed for. Uh, she's flowing in the Holy Ghost. And the, wor the word says this, spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. And so let's say that uh, uh, Buddy and I are having a conversation and uh, I've got something very important to tell him. But Buddy starts talking to me and uh, you can just start talking, do some really heavenly stuff too, like, you know, whatever the Lord leads you to. So just keep talking and don't stop, but do it really loud too. The Lord so is good and his mercy endures forever. And I'm telling you, Jesus is Lord and yeah. Jesus is good and he loves you and he loves me. And he's doing some really cool things here at Boomerang and I'm really excited about it. And you know, the other day I was getting Chick-fil-A and, you know, I just felt the anointing on that chicken, and it was really powerful. And, you know, it might have been the grease, but, you know, I, I took it as the anointing oil. That, you know, that peanut oil is anointed, and I just think it's really great. And, you know, I also... All right. <laughs> now, I've had something to say from the get-go. Was what he was saying sounding really holy? But besides the Chick-fil-A part. <laughs> I mean, he started out good. That's how many of our prayers have been. Just saying. When we start. Many times, we've got to take the position of reception. And even in our prayer time, at some point, you got to shut up. And let the Lord talk. The Lord's trying to talk to you. And uh, yeah, you got your mind and you have your spirit and your spirit can always receive. But if our mind is so active that it's overflowing or, or over our spirit, then it's very hard to hear. So some a little while ago I was ministering and uh, the Lord showed me uh, when I went to minister at this church, uh, he was going to lay the place out. I mean, just, I mean blow it out with his glory. And when I got there, I could feel that. I knew this was the will of God. I knew it was the will of God. And uh, this church was, uh, they knew some things. And uh, they, they knew very, a lot of stuff. They knew a lot of the word. They had a lot of the word in them. Uh, they were very knowledgeable on the Bible, right? But when I went, we did not have a blowout. And it really confused me. And I, I was like, Lord, why did we not have a blowout? And he showed me what had happened. They had gotten so knowledgeable, they had gotten so knowledgeable in the word that they had actually moved into the logic of it. They had actually moved into the logic of that. Greg, this is for you. Listen to this now. So they had gotten so much into their mind and into the logic of it that they missed the anointing. And here's what happened. When I went to go pray for them, when I went to go pray for them, and uh, I started praying in the Holy Ghost, everyone there, as soon as I went to lay hands on them, they went, somebody cut it away, and they started praying in the Holy Ghost. And I'd lay hands on them, and it's like that blessing that God wanted to pour out 
came right back to me. It came right back to me because in their mind, and I want you to see something, these were not immature people in the Word. They were very knowledgeable in the Word, but what had become a strength in their logic became a weakness in receiving from the Holy Ghost. What it was, a strength in their biblical knowledge became a weakness, became a weakness in their ability to receive. And the Lord showed me they... Uh, see, one of the things that you'll see, go all the way back to the garden, or if you're looking at me on the timeline, go all the way back to the garden, right? And all the way back to the garden, what was the fruit that they ate? The tree of knowledge, right? There's something in corrupted man, there's something in corrupted man uh, that all the seeds of it goes all the way back to the garden where we're thirsting for knowledge. And, and part of what that is is I want to be like God. I want to, but see, Adam and Eve, they already were like God. They already had everything, but yet the sin that enticed them was a thirst for more, like they didn't have enough. And so even today, what you've seen in some major denominations is that they get so hungry for the Word and they get so hungry for the little trivial facts and knowledge that that becomes God to them. That becomes the throne, is knowing all this stuff, knowing it all. And, they don't, and it, what's not realized is that traps it. So many times people are thinking what I should do, what I need to be doing right now instead of receiving. You know, even in a service, many times, and I've done this, oh my goodness, I did this so much. I'm thinking, oh, I got to get this. I got to get this. I, I got my pen and paper, and I'm, 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 I'm quick draw McGraw on the Bible. You know, I found it before anybody else. You know, and we, Bible, I won. I'm in Genesis first. You know, and I was quick on it. I got to get it. I got to understand this. Oh, I, I'm paying attention because i got to get it. Or I'm sitting there going, oh, I wonder how it feels outside. I'm wondering this. I, you know, and it can be either one. I've done both. And what I need to do is just, Lord, I'm here. I am yielded. And I am open to you. I'm yours. I'm yours to command, Brother Copeland would say. I'm yours to command. I'm yielded. So one thing that we saw, and thanks for standing there, keep on. So one thing uh, that we saw uh, as I was talking about this a few months ago is, you know, this phone is mine and it's a very powerful tool. But let's say that the phone was busy trying to figure out everything that I needed for it to do. Yeah. Let's say it's sitting here just going working for me, right? Working for me. But the issue is, when I actually have something come up and I go to it, it's so busy, I can't get it to do what I want it to do. And I want you to see this. Just hold your hands up. That phone right now is doing absolutely nothing but sitting there. But it's doing this one thing right. It's yielded. It's not doing anything. It's waiting on me and on a command from me. That's a yielded phone at that moment. See, many of us are so... We're not yielded. We're not yielded. 
And uh, we've had nobody doing this, so there's a great time to teach it. But it's, it's one of those things that's important, you know, is many times what we're doing is we're sitting there and we're trying to figure out what God needs. Actually, you had a great testimony of that the other night. You know, when you said you were laying on the floor trying to figure out how to get it to manifest, right? Yeah. T give, me a, give me a microphone. So just tell them what happened with that. Because I've had the same thing happen. Yeah, no, it was, it was kind of pathetic. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm there on the floor, and, um, and I'm just trying to receive. Like, there, like, there's been multiple times where, like, I'm squinting, and the Lord's like, why are you squinting? I'm like, I'm tr I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm trying to receive, but I was out on the floor. And, like, I'm, like, coming up with these Bible verses, you know, that, that'll help me get filled. And, you know, I'm like, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. <laughs> and, like, I'm trying to receive, and I literally hear God say, what are you doing? <laughs> like, literally, that's, that, that's how I felt. Like, what, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to receive. And, and he just, like... Praise God, he's still talking to me, you know, in that moment. But, like, but he was saying, when you're trying to do it all on your own, you're actually blocking me from being able to That's do it right. for you. God wasn't yielding. I'm like, oh, okay. And then he just, he kind of gave me some instruction. But, like, just, yeah. just, he's just like, what are you doing? Like, I feel like a lot of times we're trying to receive. And God's like, what are you doing? Like, you're keeping yeah. me from being able to come in. Because I'm doing all this up here, and I need to open myself up for him. Many times we're trying to figure out so much. Or like the phone sitting there trying to think what I might need. And then in the midst of that, we're not yielded to the actual one that we need to. Many times we're trying to come up with what needs to happen, what needs to... Just let the Lord talk to you. Build your relationship with God. And a yielded person doesn't mean that you're so busy. It means that you're available for whatever he gives to you, not trying to fill all the space. So I say all of that to say this. What should have happened that night at that church was, I saw it clearly. The Lord won't, I mean, I saw, I saw a vision of that service. I saw some details on it. The Lord wanted to blow that thing out. I think you saw some in prayer as well. It wasn't just me. I was coming back in town and, and you had told me about that. And uh, so the Lord wanted to blow that out. But because they weren't fully yielded to receive, they couldn't receive. And it literally, what Buddy was just saying, blocked the move of God. And so when it gets time, when you come up for prayer, one of the things that you can do is say, when you come up for prayer, are you expecting to receive? Is it your job? Is it our job to manifest it? No, it's God's job to manifest it. So I don't have to sit there, you know, in speed tongues. I don't have to do that, you know. All I've got to do, Lord, I'm positioned to receive. Lord, I receive from you. Now, there's times when the Holy Ghost hits you, and it's like, you know, tongues will blow out of you. Right? That's fine. That's good. But when you receive prayer, when you receive prayer, just... Be ready to receive, right? Just be ready to receive. You don't have to outpray me to get it. <laughs> you don't have to work to get it. Just be ready to receive. He loves you so much in that way. 
And uh, that's the same way during worship, Lord, I'm here for you. Same way during church, I'm here for you. If he tells me to do something, I'll do it. But if it didn't, if I'm sitting there in my mind like, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? That's, that's the flesh side of my logic. That's not the Holy Ghost. Does that help anybody? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. And the Lord told me to share that with you tonight uh, because it's important. Many people actually do exactly what Buddy just said. They block their reception trying to do the right things, trying to figure out where to be, what to... Listen, if the Lord hadn't spoken it to you, then you don't have to do it. And uh, you don't have to do any of that. But it's very common for people to do that. How many people, you, you thought it was right for you to get up there and pray in tongues the whole time when you're receiving before? How many people have thought that? Yeah, me, I have for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and so what you realize is God's trying to get something through to us, but we're, we're busy. See, it goes back to a works thing where we feel like we have to work. For God, well, I just hadn't been working. I hadn't been diligent enough. I hadn't been praying in the Holy Ghost enough. And I feel like I have to do something for him to bless. He's already blessed us. Glory to God. He's already made it free to us. We just have to say, Lord, here, here's what faith does. I receive. I receive. Lord, I receive. I yield to you and I receive. I don't have to worry about being so busy. Amen. Glory to God. Does that help anybody? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Sherman? Uh, Sherman's going to come up. I asked him to share something. And uh, after that, uh, Barrett's going to do the uh, tithes and offerings. And then we'll see where we go from there. So, amen. Amen. Got a microphone. Nice shoes. Thanks, sir. Thank you all. So this is completely out of my comfort zone. <laughs> Praise God for impact. <laughs> it will grow you and stretch you. But that's what we're after. To be more like him. And like Friday night during prayer, when you were asking us to close our eyes, it's like you said I started smiling because I closed my eyes and you know, you're talking about being, what care do you have? Anything in the world. I instantly went back to when I was little and <laughs> run into my dad's arms. I mean, regardless of how it was. I need to give it to somebody else. I can't finish talking. <laughs> but and that's what he said. I mean, why are you so concerned with the cares of the world when you were little? You didn't. Yeah. I mean, you didn't have to work it up. You didn't have to provide. I mean, up until, and even when I turned 16, started working. Every dollar I made was for me. I mean, I didn't, I didn't learn what I learned when I came here about sowing and reaping and, and our intimate relationship. I mean, I grew up in church, but... I mean, I, I know plenty of people that's going to church every day of their life. Well, not every day of their life, but every Sunday. They're like, oh, I've never missed any Sundays. But um, they don't understand the relationship that God has for them and the intimacy and the fellowship. 
and you were just talking about, you know, why are you here? It's because we love him. And to be planted in a body and knitted together like we were talking about Friday night. And whereas we take on the cares of each other, not just, oh, well, I'll see you next Sunday and you don't care about their lives the whole week long. You being led by the Spirit and lifting people up, yeah. you know, praying all week. Yeah. Trying to see where this is going to go. You said five or ten minutes. I'm going to stay here and cry for ten minutes. <laughs> And I'm glad God got me past that, thinking, oh, yeah, tough boys don't cry. You know what I'm saying? That's a long time ago. <laughs> so I can feel the heat. Whew. I need a fan. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm turning the air conditioner down. <laughs> Pascal says, no, don't do that. Turn back. <laughs> but, <clears throat> and I mean, that's the biggest thing that keeps coming up to me is, you know, Trusting in God, trusting, go sit on his lap. I mean, because instantly that night, Friday night, I closed my eyes and I could remember laying my head on my dad's neck and smelling his t-shirt and cologne and, and, and the sweet presence of God. And that's what he wants each one of us to be that intimate always. Like he's talking about, not, not just on Sunday mornings or when I have prayer service or it's just every time, every day, you know, morning, noon, and night. And I mean, learning to like you're talking about pray without ceasing. And it's like, well, how do you do that? But you can pray when I'm delivering the mail. And I mean, there's people I, I will deliver their mail, but I may actually never see them. I mean, regardless of how many years I've been delivering their mail. But I can still, the anointing's tangible, so it can pray and deliver them. And because I mean, I've been asking the Lord about why, or even about witnessing and winning souls. Well, you just prayed and being obedient don't mean you have to, don't be so concerned about how they will receive it. You just be obedient in doing it. But, because there's people I've, I know I've talked to and invited to church and, you know, they've said the prayer, but, you know, you don't know the fruit in their hearts. I mean, I was like, well, it was great learning to sow the seed, water it. Don't be so concerned about the harvest. Let the Lord do the harvest. He'll bring them in when they need to. And send multiple witnesses because, I mean, even like my kids, I've got three kids and I want them here, but I want them to be planted. And that is one thing that really blessed me when I first came because it's like, okay, well, if you're not planted here, we want to help you find where you are planted. Because then there's sometimes some people have came and tried to sit, well, then you may be taking up somebody else's seat because you're supposed to be in this location. So that, that's really blessed me because, I mean, we're all needed together. And that's one thing that I was praying Friday night. I mean, it's like the Lord's knitted our hearts together in unity, and I'm seeing unity like we've not seen before now in different levels. I believe I'm trying to throw it, flow into the communion message. <laughs> so I'm going to go to uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. Um, it's for I received... From the Lord, what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. 
and we had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. <laughs> Communion began on the annual celebration of Passover when Jesus told the disciples to remember his sacrifice as they ate the bread and drank the wine. Just as Israel was celebrating the, Passover, the sacrifice of the Passover lamb when the angel of death passed over their home, so believers in Jesus celebrate and remember his sacrifice of our sins when he died on the cross. Holy Communion uses bread as a symbol of the body of Jesus and wine as a symbol of his blood. The act of taking communion does not save us. It's an act of worship and remembrance. Many churches... Uh, so I was going to also go to 1 John 1, 3. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Y'all don't have to turn there. I'm going to go fast. I talk quick. I'm coming down <laughs> a little bit. 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. And that's what I believe I was getting. It's like, okay, we're having communion tonight. But it's the unity and the knitting together. And I, mean, I know pastor said it many times. I mean, what a body can do in unity to bring the blessing commanded, not just commanded, but the power for people to understand that this is the way your life should be every day. Not y'all are weird because this happens. No, this is, wait till you get to heaven. <laughs> This is going to seem like nothing once we get to heaven. Hebrews 10:25, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. I mean, all this that I was getting up while ago is it just knits together and made the in 2 Corinthians 13:14, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And I mean, understanding that the gift, I mean, like I said a while ago, all right. My flesh, I'm going to the house. I'll see y'all later. But, but my spirit's like, well, no, Pastor Brian asked me. All right, the Lord wouldn't have had him ask me if there wasn't something. Each one of us has got gifts in us that we all need to supply for the vision. I mean, whether it's a finder, minder, binder, or grinder, I mean, I know. <laughs> Impact students love that. But we're all equally important. And I mean, I'd soon be back there doing something or even sitting receiving than being up here in case you didn't know, but, but I mean, it's, each gift is important, and that's always been my heart of being planted to do anything I could so that people could receive from whatever the Lord's pouring out, because you're, you're appointed to be here. I'm not appointed to be here, not that I know of, <laughs> but uh, we got to talk, I guess. Impact wasn't, graduation was interesting, <laughs> but but I'd rather be back there doing And I know you've always said, too, you're, you're a great second person. I mean, that's your heart to serve. And, I mean, I, it blessed me the first time I got to go to the Southwest to help be there with serving you, anything you needed. And that's why I didn't pull on you for you to minister to people. So I just feel my place. And I don't want to be out of my lane doing what the Lord wants me to do. But, and then I went on to Matthew 26, uh, 26 to 28. While we were eating, while they were eating, Jesus took bread. 
And when he gave, had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, for the forgiveness of sins. And then Matthew 26, 29, I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the, wine, of the vine from now until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. What a glorious day that will be. John 6, uh, 53, 53 through 58. And Jesus said to them, Verily, truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I'll raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. And then 1 Corinthians 10, 16, 16 through 17. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we, are, we who are many are one body. For we all share the one loaf. 1 Peter three eighteen. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. To bring you God, he was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. And we receive that. And it also goes on to talk about, you know, don't take it lightly. Don't just assume. I mean, I, I grew up in a denominational church, and I saw the way they took communion. Whether, well, you always went down to the altar and dipped the bread. and But it was never taught the symbolic significance of each, of what it was doing and what you were supposed to not take it lightly. It's just, oh, we should do this. Boom, 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 boom. It's almost like a step plan. But it's not intimacy, and I don't see where their heart was connected to it, or I wasn't taught how your heart should be connected to it to receive it. I'm not sure how to land this plane. So in Acts 27, on the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, he kept on talking until midnight. In Isaiah 53, 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we were healed. John 6, 33, for the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So just close your eyes and and meditate on taking the bread. And I mean, we've all messed up, but thank God he gave us the sacrifice of Jesus to wash away all of our sins. And we are in eternal life right now as we receive it and walk it out. And put our complete trust in him, like I was talking about before, about putting your head, sitting in your father's lap and just knowing you have a heavenly father in heaven that wants all perfect and great things for you. And he will order your steps as we humble ourselves 
and give ourselves daily to Him. Lord, I thank You for Your body broken for us. I thank You for Your blood shed for us. Father, we just praise You and remember. We thank You for the unity You're bringing, for the direction, for the house and the vision we have, that we will bring souls into the kingdom for Your glory, to have a glorious reunion with You in heaven and to rejoice Father I thank you for it and we receive it you can take the body and the blood in Jesus name Amen Take it. Don't go. Don't go anywhere yet. <laughs> so, go ahead. <laughs> Did you get the way for him? You want me to do it? Sure. <laughs> So that was totally different than what you told me you had on your heart this afternoon. Oh yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was totally <laughs> yep. But I didn't tell you what to do. I was I was wondering how communion would be done. So so what made you change? No, he kept leaning me that way because I mean, my mind's logic. But I was like, no, I don't need to. I just mm-hmm. in the spirit. I actually come back here and took a nap while ago. So it's like, I ain't gonna worry about it. Lord, whatever you gonna put up there. Amen. I got to rely on him, not me, because my, my logic will mess it all up. Yeah, amen. Amen. Glory to God. So, one of our latest graduates from Impact University. <laughs> <laughs> Bachelors. Bachelors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ain't that awesome. something? Amen. Yeah. Did you have a degree before? Mm-hmm. That's your first one? Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations. Well, like you're at Sand Hill School, you're trying to yeah. <laughs> Amen. Um, so one of the things that he shared with me this morning, because I didn't tell him what to speak, I just told him to, uh, I said, the Lord told me to have you say something tonight, so take your time, five or ten minutes, and, and do that. He said, well, let, let me show you something. <laughs> How long was it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I was surprised when I got out of 15. You were right at it. <laughs> right at it. I was surprised when we got out at 1230 today. I was impressed. I was, um, one of the things you said was that when we give, it says in Mark chapter 10, when we give and when we sow, uh, it'll be, you'll receive now in this time and in the time to come persecutions. But it says now in this time, a hundredfold. Hundredfold, and so one of the things, and Jesse Duplantis does this, but one of the things that you do, I just did the math as well, um, so I could give them a way to do it. But a lot of people think a hundredfold return is just a hundred times. That's not what it is. If you'll take a, yeah, if you take a piece of paper, 
that's one fold. So if you look at it, you have, you have one layer, one layer, right? When you fold it, now you have, you fold it again, you fold it again, again. So a hundred fold, I just, I just did the math on it. So a hundred fold is like 126 octillion. Okay. Now, if you don't know how big that number is, that's 126 times a million, a million times a million times a million times a million times a million. So it's five millions multiplied times each other times 126. So that's a hundredfold. So here's the point, that God has a harvest for each one of us when we sow seed. <laughs> That's what you were bringing up yeah. to me. And uh, it's 30 zeros. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that's exactly what I got in my math. 126, yeah, with, with 30 zeros. Or, or, well, 27 zeros because those are whole numbers. So 126 plus 27 zeros behind it. That's amazing. And so a hundredfold return is not just limited to a hundred times. You can see that in the, the young man with the lunch, uh, the young boy with the t uh, two fish and five loaves. He came home with 12 guys that we showed a couple of weeks ago with baskets big enough to carry a man in full of fragments. And you see that that at a minimum, when I'd figured up before, it was like 10,000, 12,000 times. So don't just be limited to 100. Here's what you really want. Lord, every bit of harvest you have for me, Lord, I'll take it. You know, Just even in an uh, ear of corn, you plant a couple of kernels of corn, I think the harvest on that is like four, 400 times, maybe, maybe more. It might be, I, I did it, I, I looked it up. The average, somebody look up how many kernels of corn is on an ear of corn. Tell me that real quick. But see, even in natural terms, even in the earth and natural, without the supernatural, you have a multiplication. 800 on there. So you plant two kernels of corn, a lot of times they'll drop two in. You get 800. That's 400 times. 400 per ear. Yeah, per, per uh, kernel of corn. That's a 400 uh, multiplication. So how, how small have we been thinking? <laughs> How small. Lord, bring me a hundredfold in Jesus' name. A hundredfold in Jesus' name. A hundredfold. Glory to God. Bring me a hundredfold. And that leads us into our tithes and offerings. So, Barrett, amen. Thank you. Love you. <laughs> you did good. You got it? Did you like tithes and offerings part one? It was going to be part two. <laughs> But what's really awesome is how the Holy Spirit knits everything together. You know, I didn't know what Sherman was talking about. I didn't know Pastor was going to come up here. And yet, it, what the Lord gave to me, I believe, for tithes and offerings goes hand and hand and hand. Because Holy Spirit confirms his word. Yeah. Like, if he speaks, if it's him speaking, he's going to back his word. He never leaves his word just out there. So, God is so good and awesome. Yeah. On that vein of what have we been expecting on the vein of what Sherman was talking about when you're sitting in your father's lap when your dad gives you a word or he gives you an instruction when you were a child you just 
bought it. <laughs> like, it didn't matter if it was true or not. Like you're like, oh, my dad said it, done, done deal. Look y'all, Luke is the most literal child I've ever met in my life. Like if pastor were to say to Luke, Luke, at 12.07 and 36 seconds, we're going to the store and we're going to get M&Ms and you can get a Kinder Egg and it's going to be the best one you've ever had. And then at 12.05, it'd be like, Dad, it, it is time. It's time to get ready. We have two minutes and 36 seconds left before we need to go because he would believe what his dad said. He'd believe the word released. See, when we're resting in God, when we are abiding in him and letting him abide in us, then the word that God speaks doesn't need to be questioned by us. If God releases a word, then it's our responsibility to apply faith on it. Amen. Pastor's receiving. Praise God. Pastor's going to get so blessed tonight during time. No, God backs his word and his word is true and his word is for us. But if we don't get like children, when he releases a word, then I could go over here to both David and Miley and be like, okay, after service, we're going to go get ice cream and just leave it. But... Which one of them had expectation? Miss Miley Marie got herself up off her chair. She's like, we're going to go get some ice cream. It's expectation determines our reception. Our expectation of what word has been released determines on what we're going to receive. Well, so glad that we're here tonight because here's what I want to ask. What has God already spoken over the church for the year? I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. What's, what's, what is our year? Is it for you? Yes. Not just the house. It's for you personally. Do you believe it? This is our year of increase. This is my year of increase. Hallelujah. This is our year of increase. See, faith has a sound and faith has an action. Faith has an action. Amen. Amen. Faith has an action. Say, I will obey faith. I will obey faith. Faith has an action. Faith determines what we receive from God. You know, here's the thing. We have an entire book, an entire book of instructions. Like this entire book is God talking to us. Like Sherman, when he was giving the illustration of sitting on his dad's lap and being able to hear his voice and smell his cologne and, you know, feel his t-shirt. This book is the voice of God to us. It is God's word to us, this entire thing. God's spoken, and yet is the entire world looking like this word? No. Why? I'm so glad you asked. Go with me to Psalm 115 and verse 16. Right there in that moment, I felt the most like Pastor Nicole I have felt in a long time with the, I'm so glad you asked. That was her. That was impartation right there. So was that Southern accent that just came out in that second. <laughs> have y'all ever noticed that when Pastor Nicole gets the microphone and she starts preaching, like she gets extra Southern, like it just kind of comes out. It's, it's there. I love you. It's because you went to the bathroom when I started talking. <laughs> Psalm 115 and verse 16. 
She said, it's better than the alternative. She is not wrong. Um, <laughs> that was fun for me. Psalms 115 and verse 16 says, The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. So here's what happens is that God speaks his word. His word is true. It cannot be called a liar. His word works for those who work the word. See, this earth is our responsibility. And I remember when I moved here to Boomerang and when I started coming, I didn't realize how, oh my gosh, <laughs> pastors did, I didn't. I didn't realize how much bad doctrine I was carrying in on my little like holy backpack. I was like, I'm an anointed person of God. I could preach the gospel. No, I couldn't. I needed so much undoing and so many thoughts because I legitimately had no clue how the kingdom worked. And it was, well, God, you know, God, I guess, makes all things happen, and he's so sovereign, and yet I had no idea why bad things happen to good people. This verse is it, because the, sun, the earth has been given to the sons of men. God's will is life. God's will for you is increase. God's will for this church is life and life in abundance. God's will for the trouble fields is for them to be millionaires. God's will for them is to be financiers of the kingdom of God, for Chris's business to thrive and to just overcome his every desire for what the business could be. For Bobby and Candy to just be so abundantly blessed that they look around, they're like, who can we give this to? Because we've got so much. That's God's desire for every person in the church. And yet somehow we don't have, have it. Like somehow I, it's because we've allowed less than God's normal to be our standard. We've allowed that. Now, I know that doesn't feel good. We're going to get to the good part in a minute. It doesn't feel good to be like, oh, crap. I've let bad stuff happen. <laughs> like, that doesn't feel good for the moment, but here's why it's so exciting. And it was so exciting when I realized this, because it means if I allowed it, I can change it. What was my normal doesn't have to be my normal anymore. If it's in my control, then I'm going to take God by the hand and let him level me up. I'm going to say, God, your word is true. Let every man be a liar, and I will believe what you've said. Now, those of you who are here on Friday, Mr. Eddie, um, well, he sasses me when I call him Mr. Eddie. So even in his absence, Eddie, <laughs> he was talking at prayer night about how it's important for us to know one another. And I know you see me each week. You see me often on the broadcast. But not everybody knows the full story. And you're not going to get it tonight. <laughs> but you'll get a piece of it tonight. You don't know my whole story. But here's the thing. I came from nothing. Nothing. I had nothing when I came here. I had spent a year and a half living on someone else's couch. That was my life. As I went to school, I, my parents, they did not love the Lord growing up. My parents split up, and I watched my mom strive so hard to make ends meet. She did everything she could to make sure that we had food on the table, that we never knew that we were below our means. She, like, that, 
she was a woman on a mission, and she taught me diligence. She taught me how to work hard. She taught me how to never give up. Like, she was a woman who gave her all for me. But even in all of that, I grew up with a poverty mindset. Like, I remember as a kid having to take medicine and even as a child wondering, what's going to happen if we don't have enough money to pay for this while I get sick again? Like, literally, I grew up in so much fear of not having enough that I would gorge myself at meals because I didn't know when I would be able to, like, fully have a good meal again. Not that she didn't provide for it, but because I got in fear about it. So I went up and got, went to college and worked and worked and worked, and I worked, I think, like, five jobs at one point. I started working at 13, like, as young as I could, and I worked and I worked and I worked and I worked. Then I met Jesus, really. I legitimately met Jesus, not like when I got saved. I'm like, okay, I'm saved, and then I'm going to go live like a hellion anyway. Like, when I legitimately surrendered myself to Jesus, I was all in. And I was all in quick, quick. It did not take me long. And I quit college. That sounds holy. I quit college because I was like, I want to live for Jesus. That's what I want to do. I want to serve him with all that I have. And I had nothing. I worked, but I didn't earn enough to be able to have my own apartment. I didn't earn enough to be able to go out on my own, and I had suffered heartbreak, and it wasn't great. So friends of mine allowed me to sleep in their, in their trailer on their couch for a year and a half. That was my bed. The only possessions I had literally fit in a coat closet about as big as me. That's all I had. I didn't have enough to be able to make it. I didn't have enough to do that, and I didn't know any better. I didn't know. So I thought I was living for Jesus as holy as I could. I think I gave him the offering like twice because I was like, what? well, that's not important. It's good. I, look, I was so silly. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. But praise be to God who always leads us to triumph in Christ. Praise be to God who saw me at my worst, saw that I was hungering for him, that I was trying, that I wanted to please him and serve him and give to him. Even in my ignorance, he didn't leave me alone. Ever. Ever. He called me here. Thank you, Father for not leaving me alone, because that's what I was. I was alone, lonelier than I'd ever been, sadder than I ever realized, and I didn't know. But I came here, and I learned. <laughs> Here's the moral of this little backstory of Barrett. I lived on a couch. I had no bed. I had a car that George literally had blown up by the government because he hated it. That's not an exaggeration. That's true. <laughs> you can ask him about it. He's, it's one of his favorite stories. <laughs> that was my car. <laughs> that, that's the amen I get from my husband. Praise God. <laughs> I had clothes enough to fill the trunk of my little hatchback, and I came. But when I moved here, I made a decision. I'm doing it right. I'm doing whatever it is that God tells me to do, and I'm doing it right. I may not understand it. I may not even believe it, but I'm going to do it. I am now at the point in my life 
where what George and I are giving, not tithe, giving, offering, doubles what I made in Maine, doubles what I was making yearly, doubles, went from a couch <laughs> and a blown up PT cruiser, party time cruiser, to doubling what I earned in a year. That one got Justin, praise God. If nothing else happened tonight, I got Justin. <laughs> but legitimately, that's God. When you take him by the hand and when you say, God, I don't, I may not understand it. I may not even agree with it, but if your word says it, I'm gonna do it. God can level us up quicker than we could ever imagine. Since being here, I've never gone hungry. I've never been cold. I've never been alone. I've never been without power. My bills have always been paid. I've had more than enough. God is faithful. He is faithful to his word. He is faithful to uphold his promises but it's our responsibility. Yeah. It's our responsibility. This is my story, but it can literally be every single person's story in the room. No matter where you are, God can take you higher, but it's up to us to say, yes, God, I will partner with you by faith. See, God's a partnering God. He's a covenant God. And the word that is released, our expectation determines whether we will receive it or not. It's our expectation. It's our faith. That is why God, that's why he gives us his word is so that we can partner with it. That's why he gives it to us. I also appreciate Serena's diligent piano playing. What's exciting is that pastor didn't give me a time limit, Sherman. So this could go for a while. No. Well, I mean, it could, but I just immediately felt the air suck in the room when I said that. So I'm like, oh, got to hand it over to pastor soon. It's okay, you can laugh. I, I feel it, it's fine. <laughs> now I just kind of want to sit here and stand it and stare at it, y'all, and figure out which are the ones that breathed in deep when I said that. <laughs> that used to be me. I was that person at one point where I was like, oh my gosh, will you shut up? Not pastor, wasn't a pastor. In other churches. Legitimately, it's never been pastors. That, that's been my thought here on Sunday morning. Um, <laughs> I've had flesh moments where my, but here's the thing. We've got to learn how to take our flesh down. Our flesh, when it comes to tithes and offerings, this is so much of the time when our flesh will buck the most. And they'll be like, hush it, Pastor Nicole. I got it already. Give and give and blah, blah, blah. Like that's what the flesh will want to do. Or Pastor Brian, that is great for the hundredfold, but, and that's super. Or, or <laughs> here's what our flesh likes to do. It likes to hear what Pastor's little message a, a, a minute ago on resting and just being in the presence of God. I mean, like, Ah, oh, this that's what I've got to do during tithes and offerings. I've just got to rest. That's all I gotta do. Everyone else can give. But I'm resting. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'll be silent. Yes. Yes. It's my year. Amen. I did it. Like that's legitimately what our flesh wants to do so much of the time is not move. But faith moves. Faith moves. Faith moves on the word. Faith moves on the word. Faith moves on the word. 
You know, we were talking about it on Friday. Hunger moves on the word. Hunger moves. You know, the woman with the issue of blood, if you go to Luke chapter 8. I heard another sigh. It's okay. We're getting to the close. You can hang in there. I believe in you. Luke chapter 8, verse 43. A woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years could not be healed by anyone, came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak, and immediately her hemorrhage stopped. And Jesus said, who is the one who touched me? And while they were all denying it, Peter, my homeboy Peter, I love him. Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing in on you. Basically, I'm Jesus. Everyone is touching you right now. What you talking about? Peter was sassy. Jesus said, Someone did touch me, for I was aware that power had gone out from me. See, here's the thing. Peter, or not Peter, this woman touched him differently. She touched him differently. Her faith caused her to move on the character and nature of Jesus differently. She wasn't satisfied to be like, hello, Jesus. Hello. It's so nice. To, thank you for being the Messiah and the healer. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. No, she's like, I've got to touch you differently. I've got to grab a hold of the Savior. I've got to lay my hands on. See, faith is an action. I love my brothers in the Lord that I can do that with. If Sherman had been closer, I would have grabbed his suit jacket too. But faith grabs hold different. It grabs hold different. She'd heard the word. She'd heard who he was. And she moved. She moved. She moved. It's our year of increase. What if this $20 bill re represented our year of increase? It's our year of increase. Great. It's yours for the taking. It's our year of increase. Faith moves. Faith moves. Faith moves on the word. 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 It's our year of increase. It's our year of increase. 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 It's our year of increase. Faith moves on the word. It moves on the word. It doesn't wait. It moves. And here's the, oh my gosh. Here's what got me so stirred up before I ever got a microphone. Just thinking about it tonight. Sherman touched on it. What can God do through a unified body? See, here's the thing. When we first had our very first debt canceling year back in 2017, it came because one man hungered like nobody had ever seen him hunger before. One man chose to take God by the hand and say, I will believe what you have said is possible. I'll take this word. He and his wife stood on it, the shepherds of our house, and they said, it's our year for bye-bye debt. Hello, abundance. That was two people, one man paving the way. We've got a whole church that are capable of believing and standing on the word. It's our year of increase. It's our year of increase. It's our 
of Jesus, Lord, we thank you. Join me with your faith tonight. Father, I thank you that this is your year of increase. It's your year. It's your year to do through us what only you can do. Lord, we're taking you by the hand. We will not be silent. We will not stay still. When you're passing by, we're chasing after you, and we won't let the word be alone. Lord, you've given this earth to us. And over Stanley County, over this region, we declare in Jesus' name, increase in the name of Jesus. Increase in Jesus' name. Increase every business, God, that you've ordained to be here. Let it flourish. Lord, in the name of Jesus, let increase come to Chris's business now. Now, 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 now. Let there be a surge of business into Chris Griffin's business now. Now, now, God, now. Into Lisa and Amy's salon. Increase now, now. Now, now, into Sharon Cox's realty. Increase now in the name of Jesus. Lord, every business represented in this room, increase based off of tonight's seed. Lord, I thank you that there's a shifting in the body. There's a shifting in our faith, God. And in the name of Jesus, I thank you that there is unity on tonight's seed because nobody where there is unity, the commanded blessing is sent. Lord, you release the word that it's our year of increase and we take you by the hand. We believe it. This is our year of increase. These seeds increase in Jesus' name. Let the hundredfold anointing be on these seeds in the name of Jesus. Not a hundred doubled, God, whatever. Hundredfold, hundredfold, 126 number I can't even pronounce because it's math. God, I thank you that you are increasing us to that degree. Lord, let it be on these seeds. Press them down, shake them together, run them over. May they return and quickly, 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 quickly. Lord, the increased numbers that we saw today, let this be the lowest that they are for the rest of the year. The lowest and let them increase quickly. In Jesus' name, our people are blessed. The ministry is blessed. This is our year. Amen. Amen. Glory to God, you may be seated. Turn with me quickly to um, Job chapter 16 and verse 19. Sufrutananati etene. Job 16 and verse 19. It says this, Even now, behold, my witness is in heaven and my advocate 
is on high. My witness is in heaven and my advocate is on high. Turn uh, to 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5 and 6. First Timothy 2, verse 5 and 6. The word here, well, the word that we're talking about tonight is Jesus, our advocate. And uh, the word is parakletos or paraclete. This means one that's called alongside to help or an intercessor. Let me read it to you. One called to one's aid an intercessor, a consoler, an advocate, a comforter, uh, summoned, called to one side, especially one called to one's aid, a counsel for defense, a plead, a pleader, right? One who pleads another's cause with one. <clears throat> this is the word advocate. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5 and 6 we see, for there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man, Jesus Christ. There's one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man, Jesus Christ. Verse 6, who gave himself as a ransom for all. Does that include you? Who gave himself as a ransom for all. For all, just say it with me. Say, he gave himself, he gave himself. As, a for me. as a ransom for me. He paid a price, paid a price. For, me. for me. Already done. Already done. You get it? Do you have it? He paid a ransom for you. You know, if you think about a ransom, when, when somebody is kidnapped and there's a ransom out, you pay the price... And you get them back. It's done. It's handled in that way. When the ransom is completed, the price is paid. There's no more price left to be paid. It's paid in full. He said he's a mediator for all. There's one man between all of us. Us and Jesus and God. We're all connected because Jesus is in the middle. He's the one who's the advocate. He's the one who is the mediator. And he's the one who paid the price, the full price. What price is there left to pay? Now, now I'm starting to see why the Lord had me, had me talk about that earlier, about the price that has to be paid. There's nothing left for us to do. We, the only thing that we do is we move in faith, hope, and love. Uh, faith without works is dead. Faith has an action, but the action is based off of what God tells us to do. If he, if he says nothing to do, there's nothing to do. So when we're sitting here receiving, you know, then all we have to do is say, Lord, you've already paid the ransom. Lord, you've already paid the ransom. What, what do I need to do besides sit here in great expectation that the ransom has been paid? The price has been paid. It's been paid. I'm not waiting on it. God's already done it. Lord, I just, I, all I'm sitting here is I am yielded to you. If you give me a command, I'll be obedient. If you give me no command, I'll sit. 
I'll sit. Now, he's given all of us a command to do the work of ministry. He's given all of us a command to go and win souls. He's given all of us a command to go and make disciples. He's given all of us a command by context to study, to show ourselves approved. So we have things that we are to be doing, but like when we're here in worship or if we're waiting to receive something from God, there's nothing to do unless he gives us a command. We're not trying to figure it out. We're not trying to process through the logic of it. Like Sherman was saying, step one, two, three, four, five. We don't have to figure that out. We just have to yield to the Lord. Lord, here I am. I am ready for your command. Because you've paid the price. I have no price to pay. Let's, let's read this again. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. For there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. The man anointed by God, Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all the testimony given at the proper time. He's already paid it. Just close your eyes for a second. What's left to pay? What is left to pay? What's left to pay? Several years ago, the Lord said this to me. He said, son, your faith is not a payment. There's already been a payment made, and you will never pay a greater payment. Your faith is not a payment. Your church attendance, not a payment. Your worship, not a payment. Your tithes and offerings, not a payment. I've already made a payment. You'll never pay greater. What's left to pay? No, I do all those things because I love them. I do all those things. We do all of those things because we love them. It's not a payment. Your Bible reading, not a payment. Your, you know, your memorized scripture verses, not a payment. Not a payment. There's nothing left to pay. He's already paid the ransom. That's why he could sit on the cross and without sinning say, It is finished! Because it's been paid in full. It's been paid in full. It's been paid in full. Your healing's been paid in full. Your poverty's been dismissed and destroyed and paid for in full so that you can have abundance in full. Your abundance is paid for in full. Your deliverance, paid for in full. Your restoration, paid for in full. Glory to God. Your protection, paid for in full. Fellowship with the Father. Eternal life to the full till it overflows. Paid for in full. There's nothing holding you back because the only thing that could hold you back is Jesus and he's the only one that's in between you and the Father and the, and the word says he's an open door. He's an open door. He's, wait, he's just waiting for people to go through. Use what I paid for and go through the door to the Father. He's our mediator. It's paid for. Paid for. Paid for. He blesses you. Now, you understand God's not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that we also reap. But we don't sow out of making a payment. We sow because we love them. 
We sow because we love them, because I want to, because I believe in you, because I trust you, because I know where my blessings come from. Because I know you. I love you, Lord. I love what you're doing. I love your kingdom. I love the people you want to win to the, to the uh, Lord. Lord, I love you. Yeah. And because I love you, I give. Because I love you, I show up. Because I love you, I study. Because I love you, I pray. Because I love you, I read my word. Because I love you, I will meet you yeah. every day. I fellowship with you because I love you, not because it's a payment. You know, if a payment has to be paid, it's, it's what we were talking about this morning is putting down the flesh. You know, you, you're not going to continuously sow to the flesh and reap spiritual things. You're going to say, hey, it's going to call, now watch this, this is the idea of suffering we've got to break through. You're going to say, Oh, it's going to cost me fun in the flesh. But is that really a cost? No, it's not. Because when you recognize this, this vapor of time that we're in, and, and the Word says that this, this little bit, these little problems that we have, you start to realize that the grace of God is so much better and so far beyond what we put down in the flesh. Why in the world would I try to keep that little thing with all of its problems when I can have the great grace of God? Why would I do that? I don't want to. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to. No, I want to receive everything God has for me that he's already paid for. I'm not paying that, although I may have to put down some of those things. No, God will even give me what was hard in the flesh without God. If I'll purpose myself to give, he'll give me the supernatural grace or the supernatural strength to make it easy. To make it easy. The largest check Nicole and I ever uh, gave to the kingdom of God, I remember when we did it, we cried. Not because we were going to miss the money. <laughs> we cried because we were so pleased to give it. Yeah. Easiest thing we ever gave. Yeah. Easiest thing we ever gave. Walked up, put that thing in there together with faith. Glory to God. It was something we were believing God for. He came through. He provided for it. Glory to God. There was times, I think I was talking to Kevin uh, Nowicki the other day, and uh, the Lord put it on his heart uh, to make out a, a, a dream check and a, and a goal, a, a faith check. And uh, so he, he put it in there and he put Boomerang Church and he put an amount on there that was a big number. And, and he said, I'm believing to be able to give this into the kingdom of God. I was like, oh man, I believe. I remember when we did that. His number looked a lot better than the one we were dreaming over. I remember because it was made out for $500 and I kept it in my Bible forever because at that time, it might as well have been a million bucks. Yeah. At that time, I wrote, when I wrote, we're going to give $500. It's going to be huge. I mean, we thought that was the biggest thing ever. Like, we're going to be like super Christians, you know. Woo, glory to God. We gave $500, you know. And uh, I mean, and that's where we were, but that's not where we are anymore. 
Because when you set your heart like that, things change. God's Word is true. You, God is not mocked. That goes negative or positive. He's not mocked negatively. If you're trying to mock God, He's not make, uh, mocked positively. He's like, look, God's not mocked. He's not made fun of. You sow in a right heart, God will bring about a harvest. He'll bring about a harvest. But see, we don't sow. I remember the day that the Lord had us do that. That day, man, I was like, we dreamed over this. And now it doesn't seem as big anymore. You know, pretty much, pretty much any day we want to, we can write that check today. Pretty much any time we want to, we can do that. I, I don't remember the last time we couldn't do that. This, that's our God who's paid a ransom in full who's paid a ransom in full that you might be in abundance of every area of life, not just finances, every area of life. Paid a ransom in full. And no matter where you are, I'm telling you, you remember, I told you just a couple weeks ago, God said, give me something precious. He said, give me 20 bucks a month. 20 bucks a month. I told you, oh, $20 a month. That's where we were. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Coming for you, Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah, you're laughing when showing your age right now. <laughs> yeah, see, I remember $20. I knew he'd provide for it, but I'm like, how? <laughs> this is going to be exciting. <laughs> How are you going to do that? This, this is what I mean. You, you can't start going after God and sowing by faith, taking action on what you believe and expect. You can't do that and God not start showing up. Now, you can reject the receiving. Oh, I got this, I got this, I got this. I can do it all myself. Lord, you don't have to give me anything. No, you don't have to help me. No, I don't receive. I'm going to pay you back. I'm going to do all this. You cannot receive. That was one of our biggest holdups. When we learned how to receive, it broke loose. We were, we were good to give. Giving was easy to us. It's still easy to us. I love it. You know, I had somebody ask me uh, yesterday. They were like, I just, you know, I had it in my heart to give you something. And I was like, oh, that right there is your gift. That's the gift right there. And, uh, but they were like, I want, I want to give you something. I said, let me just tell you, though. Let me, I, Nicole can tell you. If you give it to me, it is very likely to not be with me for long. I'm going to give it away. Almost assuredly, over time, it's going to be given away. I will sow it. I will sow it in a heartbeat. And so understand, you know, I might have it in my pocket, sometimes for a few minutes. Matter of fact, as in, it, it actually came up. I had a picture of something somebody gave to me, very, very precious, very precious to me, meant a lot to me. I had it for two hours and then gave it away. And that's what, that's what, see, the given to us was not the issue. To a lot of people, that, that is the issue, the issue. But receiving, and that, that seems to be a common thing that we're on tonight, receiving. we got to learn how to receive. As a matter of fact, uh, Brother Tracy was sitting back here a year or two ago, and he said this, I'm holding you responsible uh, to teach the people how to receive. 
And the word says this, now concerning giving and receiving. We got to become good receivers. Got to become good receivers. All right? And let, me, let me show you this. All right? Everybody take a deep breath. All right? Now, when I tell you to, all right, you can breathe a little bit. We're just practicing. All right? I'm going to tell you to take a deep breath. And when I tell you to, I want you to give all of that breath out. Okay? All right, you ready? One, two, three. <gasps> now give it. <sighs> Don't take another breath. Don't receive. <clears throat> Don't receive. Don't receive back in. Now give me some more breath. Give me more. Give me more. There's none to, re there's none to give, is there? Okay, you can breathe now. If you don't learn how to receive back in, there's no more to give out. That's just as natural. You, your body understands that even if your brain don't. <laughs> your body understands that. You can't give me another breath unless you receive something back in. There's a flow. We have to be good receivers, which is why we can't block God, which is why we, we have to yield to him. We have to be willing to receive. I used to, um, financially, I used to, somebody would say, hey, uh, I want to I give this to you. And this, I thought this, this is false humility. And I thought I was being godly for years. Now I would just want to kick myself in the tail. I think, how many blessings did I miss because of this stupid, dumb thing I did? I, I know. I know. I laugh at it too because if you don't laugh, I cry. <laughs> Stupid, dumb thing. Somebody tried to give me something and I'm and I, being in false humility because I recognize that a lot of people give out of the wrong reasons. So I thought it was my job to police their giving. And so I would try to say, well, now, you don't have to give that to me. And I had a rule that I'll try to deny it twice. If you do it the third time, then I'll go ahead and receive it because you must really want to give it then. Nowadays, you'd be like, hey, I want to give you something. I'm like, amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you. Lord, bless it. Multiply it back to him in Jesus' name. <laughs> amen. Amen. It is not hard for me to do that. I thought people that did that, I thought they were prideful. I thought that they were greedy. I thought that they were out of God's will. And I found out I was the one out of God's will because I was in this false humility a corrupted world's thinking had taught me that it was my job to police their giving. It ain't my job to police their giving. Now, if the Lord says don't receive that, if he speaks to me and says don't receive it, then that's a different story. Well, that's rare that that happens. That's somebody given for the wrong reasons, trying to trap you, trying to control something, things like that. that, that that's rare that I've had the Lord tell me to do that. But no, that wasn't what this was. This was just me not knowing how to receive. And the Lord said this to me one day. He said, now, he said, how am I going to bless you with abundance if you won't receive it? And I mean, that sounds so simple, don't it? You would think I could get to the age of 35 or 40 and figure that out all on my own without Jesus having to help me and knock on my head. McFly, hello. You know, you would think I could have figured that out. But had I? No. 
And I was sitting there not receiving. As soon as we flipped the switch of reception in our lives, we became bigger givers. Why? Because we had more to give because we had received more. We couldn't give. We were so frustrated. We were so frustrated we couldn't give what we wanted to give in our heart. And the reason we couldn't give is because we, we didn't receive. We would have had plenty of seed had we received. Now part of our reception was you have to receive the command of the Lord. He may, he may tell you, start a company. He may put a vision in your heart. He may, tell you, he may tell you to sow a seed when you don't want to sow the seed. So part of receiving financially and physically is receiving the command of the Lord and re receiving the heart and the will of God to be done and receiving His power to get it done. His power to get it done. So for example with that, you know, when, uh, when we started the church, when I started uh, the website, the media company, when I started both of those things, I'd never been a pastor before. When I started the media company, I'd never built a website before. But I knew in God, I didn't understand this about money yet, but I did understand it about wisdom and I understood it about His grace. I knew that even though I hadn't done it before, even though I hadn't, God knew how to get it to me. And so I said, now, I said, I, matter of fact, I took my first contract to do the website. I'd never even built one before. I had no working websites that I had built. None. Can you do that? Sure I can. Absolutely. Praise God they didn't ask me how many I'd built. <laughs> that might be a good question to ask when you all know somebody's history. I don't know, just saying, throwing that out there. But they were wise to, to trust me because I turned their website completely around and really helped them out in that. Actually, I did, I did, I remember I did that work for $500 and I should have charged, and once I knew what I was doing, I should have charged $2,500 to $3,000. They got a deal, let me tell you. But here's the issue. I never built one before. I never built one, and I trusted the Lord to give me wisdom when we started the church. I mean, have you read the latest manual on how to start a church and how to deal with people and how to do the finances and, and what to do? Have you read that manual? Because the Bible's good and he'll give you all wisdom, but not every detail written in there. There's some stuff that will help you get to that place. All of it. I mean, everything you need is in the Word, but there's some details. It's not like, okay, Brian, in 2009, when you start in your living room with your couches and, and, and the little monitor up on the screen, and uh, this is what you do. That wasn't there. That wasn't there. I had to trust the Lord. You know, how do I, Lord, how do I preach every single week and not get worn out? Which people do I minister to and which people don't I minister to? Which offerings do I receive? What offerings don't I receive, right? Uh, which, what do I give my time to? You know, how do I formulate these messages? Do, how much, how long do they need to be? Man, if I preach some of my old notes, y'all be here like for a week for one message. Because now, I mean, I'm preaching right now. I read two scriptures and I'm not even really preaching them. I mean, you, I remember my dad, when he first started preaching, he said, used to, I made all these notes and everything. Now I'd write a couple of scriptures on a uh, chewing gum wrapper, and that would be my message. 
And a lot of times y'all see me preach without any notes. If I got seven pages of notes, y'all in trouble. <laughs> y'all in trouble. Man, I remember, I remember the first time I ever preached, I had like a page and a half of notes. If I had a page and a half of notes, like the, the way it was on a yellow, pa yellow pad, you know, I had them all written out, a page and a half of notes. If I had that now, we'd have a series for six months <laughs> most of the time. I finished preaching in 10 minutes. They didn't know how blessed they were. <laughs> they had no idea. 10 minutes, I was done. It was that church in Peachland, you remember that? They had no idea how blessed they were. If today, they'd be like, when is he going to get done? Like what Barrett was talking about. So we had to learn how to receive. We've got to learn how to, you know, I had to learn how to receive his wisdom. I had to learn how to receive his empowerment to do things that I didn't know how to do. I had to, I had to learn how to receive his instruction to start a media company after he had told me to sell a chemical company, right? He told me to sell the chemical company that was making us a living, and now I want you to start a media company from scratch, and you know nothing about it. But what... You are sitting in the manifestation of receiving that wisdom as illogical as it sounds. You're sitting in the manifestation. We learned how to receive. Had I not followed that instruction, you wouldn't be here today. Following that instruction was her instruction to go get a job. In the, in the job, she starts earning, what was it, $12 an hour? She makes $12 an hour. That ain't going to replace what we had. That ain't going to get it, but God said to do it. We had to learn how to receive the instruction. So part of receiving is not just being open, open to offerings. A part of receiving is being open to the wisdom of God and taking action on his word. Peter, the only one we know of in the Bible to walk on water besides Jesus because he was willing to hear the illogical command and step out of the boat. And walk on it because he was willing to do it. He was willing to do, to hear the word, receive the word, and receive the word in such a way that it motivated him to action. Just now, as we gave our tithes and offerings, many of you, you heard the word and you were willing to receive the word, I'm sowing, and Lord, you're going to bring a harvest. You're going to bring a harvest. We have to be willing to receive. So, used to, I tried to talk people out of out of, oh, you don't really have to do that. You don't have to do that and everything. Finally, I just got it. The Lord started talking to me. If you, you look it up in scriptures, how many times he talks about now concerning giving and receiving. It, they go hand in hand. You see it when you take a breath. They go hand in hand. You, in order to give, you got to receive first. In order to give, you have to receive first. You see the principle. We love because he first loved us. We can't love the world until we receive his love. You see, we, we don't have love to follow his command until we receive his love through Jesus Christ. I've got to receive first, then I can give. Amen. Uh, Pastor Allen here in town, Pastor Allen DiDio, he has, a, he has a message called Fish Come First. Fish Come First. And that message is basically this. Before Jesus sent his apostles and disciples out into ministry, he overflowed their boat. 
He caused them to receive in their finances so that they would have the abundance to do the work that God had called them to. Amen. Great revelation. Fish come first. Abundance comes first. Abundance. So you can go do it. Abundance. But see, here's what most people do. Okay, let me go work hard. Let me go knock this out so I can get back to the ministry. No. Go to the ministry and God will give you, the. he'll help you receive the wisdom and power to have the abundance. Yeah. Most people don't have their lives connected to the kingdom and eternity. They have their lives connected to their calendar and their pocketbook. Forget about the calendar and pocketbook. Put it all in Jesus' hands. Be obedient to where he's planted you and then God will bring the fish. In other words, hey, and Jesus, we won't... I ain't hit none of this yet. Jesus, we've been out here fishing all night. We've been tolling. We're professional fishermen. We can do it. We know what we're doing. Throw the... Can I borrow your boat? I've been working all night. I know, but I need your boat so I can preach. Preachers. Preachers. Who do they think? Preachers. He wasn't saying that after all this got done. Can I borrow your boat? Hey, Pastor, I, you know, uh, hey, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm here. What's, what's going on? Hey, I, I need something. I need something. Uh, Pastor, I'm busy. I, I've been working all day. I, you know, Holy Spirit, we, we had a Holy Ghost weekend. Now you want me to come to Holy Spirit service after we prayed and we won souls, and now you want Holy Spirit service? I, I've been working. I, I've been. I've been. It was a long week, Pastor. I'm gonna preach this way. Um, I, I'm in. I'm in. It's been a long week, Pastor. Don't you know? Preachers. Preachers. Don't even know. That was a long service this morning. We're going to get and going to have another long service. There's only one time it's been less than three hours. Preachers. But there's something about it when that preacher is connected to the kingdom and that preacher is connected to eternity and there's fruit of God's power in their life. There's fruit of increase in their life. There's something about it. There's something there. Peter throws it out, goes out in there. Jesus preaches. Glory to God. You know, Peter was there. You, you know, you know, Peter was like. <laughs> Don't you know? I mean, Peter wasn't born again yet, y'all. I mean, and even when he got born again, he had, you know, he just. Oh, yeah, that, that was so good, Jesus. <laughs> that was so good. You know. Uh, 
preachers. preachers. Oh, yeah, Jesus, that was good. Uh, uh, Peter, throw your net out for a catch. I'm sorry, what, Jesus? What would you say, preacher? Throw your net out for a catch. <laughs> preacher, that was a great message you just had. But, but we're professional fishermen. And we toiled all night long. And, and, and you know, <laughs> we know what we're doing. We know what we're doing. We know, we, we know what we're doing. And we fished all night and we, we caught nothing, which ought to have been a clue. We toiled all night and caught nothing. Ding, ding, ding. But at your word, <laughs> I'll throw it out. At your word, I'll, I'll throw out the nets. As soon as the net hits the water. What, what is this? Peter falls at his feet. Get away from me. I'm a sinful man. Get away from me. I'm a sinful man. Give away. I'm a sinful man. Because he knows. I didn't handle this right. And this is a holy man of God. Something's happened. <laughs> There's a reception that we have to have so that we can have an abundance for every good work. There's a reception. Can you see? Can you see? How we've all been Peter. Pastor, it's, it's a Holy Ghost weekend. <laughs> Holy Spirit service. Yeah, it's going to be long, and it's been a long week. We got so much to do to get ready for this week. Ah, but when you're connected to the kingdom and eternity, and see, here's the thing. You can connect yourself to the kingdom and eternity, and maybe you did even when you gave earlier. You don't have to have just everything lined up perfectly. You can just say with a heart of faith, Lord, here's my seed. Let your kingdom be advanced. Amen. And then in, in a moment like this, in a crazy afternoon service where everybody's been tired, all of a sudden God gives you one idea that fills up your nets. God gives you one revelation that breaks open the freedom that God has designed for you. God shows you one thing about yielding and your life's changed forever. God shows you one thing about the need to receive and give and all of a sudden your life's totally different forever. One catch of a spiritual harvest of God one catch of the seed of the word. And everything's different from there. Everything's different. What are you doing here? 
What are you doing here? I'm here for the Lord. If you're here for the Lord, then the Lord's got something for you. Will you receive it? If you're here for the Lord, he's got something to give to you, something to change you. He's got a word that changes everything. He's got an abundance uh, to give to you so that you can have an abundance for every good work. He's got what you need. One word can change everything. One word received on one day of preaching can change your life forever. And I hope that that day for you is today. One word. One word, preachers. We have a mediator between us and God. We have an advocate and helper. You don't, you don't know everything that you need, but Jesus knows everything. You don't know everything that you need, but Jesus knows everything. Let me just read these to you. It says this, the price, see, the price is already paid. The question is, are we good receivers? The price is paid. The ransom's paid. Are we good receivers? See, Jesus had already paid the price to walk in the blessing by coming to the earth and following the leading of the Holy Ghost. And now heavens were open, and he was filled with the Holy Ghost, and he goes around and starts preaching. And Peter doesn't know it, but the man who had paid the price was already in his boat. Many, many Christians don't realize it, but the anointing they need is already in their boat. They just got to connect themselves to eternity. And when the Lord asks for something that seems illogical, but you know it's God, just do it. Just go for it. When you know it's God, make sure you get confirmation. Make sure you get confirmation, especially before you quit jobs and start new ones and do all that kind of... Don't do big stuff without getting confirmation. Now, I've watched that sink so many people that had a call on their life. Get confirmation. God's given us a system. God's given us a system. And we were just having a talk, Nicole and I, this afternoon with somebody. And, uh, and they were like, praise God I talked to y'all. Because I was looking at it from this angle. I need to be looking at it from this angle. I was like, amen. That's the Lord. That's, that's not us. That's the wisdom of God that opens up to us because you ask. If you wouldn't have asked, we wouldn't have probably had it in the same way. But because you ask, we do. We've got to get good at receiving. And, and then we, in order to receive, we've got to hear what may even be illogical to the world, but it's not illogical to God. It's not illogical. And all of a sudden, he gives you one thing, and your boat fills up. And then not, not just your boat, but your partner's boat. And it start, it's so big, it's so blessed, it starts to sink them. It's, I mean, it's such an abundance. It's such an overflow. It just starts to pour out. It just starts to overflow. It just goes everywhere. In Jesus' name, an overflow, an overflow. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. An overflow. All of a sudden, there's an overflow. Does she know what that touch of God in her life just did? Probably not. I probably don't either. But God has a plan and he has a purpose. And maybe that's that one touch of the anointing that breaks everything free. Everything. Breaks all of it off. In Jesus' name. That anointing. 
that breaks the yoke. We got to receive. Now watch this. Have you ever been doing something? You ever been doing something? And uh, a, a person of God or maybe at life group or something, somebody says, well, God loves you. He's going he's gonna to work this out. And you've had the thought, even if you didn't voice it, somewhere deep on the inside of you, you were like, I know, but I've just been so bad. I've just not done enough. I've just not been good enough. I, I'm just not good enough like you. Have you ever had that feeling? That's a lack of reception of the ransom that was paid. Oh, Jesus paid for your lack of being good, but we haven't learned how to receive it yet. The righteousness of God. It says this in 2 Corinthians 5, verse you know, 17 through 21. God made us a completely new creation. And it says, He made us the righteousness of God in Christ. That's who you are in your spirit, man. In your spirit, man, the way God recreated you, you are made completely righteous in Him. There's nothing lacking in your spirit. 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 spirit. You're made perfect in your spirit, man. In the image and likeness of God, a completely new creation, walking in His righteousness, where your physical limitations and your fleshly lack is there, your spiritual makeup and the ransom that Jesus paid is more than enough to take you over the top and overflow you. More than enough. We got to get to be good receivers of that righteousness, good receivers of His grace. We got to, we got to be, Lord, I, because see, that was just it. It's like, uh, well, Lord, I don't know that we're deserving of that. We don't even have a church on that level yet to deserve things on that level of finances and this stuff and that stuff and everything else. God said, You are more than enough with me. Go into 2 Corinthians 3. It says, you are able. King James says, you are adequate ministers of the gospel. He's talking about, but this is a good picture of how we are with him. No matter where you've come from, no matter where you've been, when you come into Jesus with a faith to receive, God will immediately pick you up, clean you off, and make you more than adequate for whatever task he's called you to be. Whatever task, pick you up, clean you off, empower you, put the robes on you. Like the prodigal son. Like in Isaiah 6 where he said, I'm a dead man and I live amongst a people that are so corrupt. I'm standing in front of holiness. I'm dead. God says, oh no, I got something for you. Take a coal from the fire at the altar. And touches lips. And in an instant, the man went from being, oh, I'm just not worth anything. I can't receive it. And in an instant, the glory of God and the fire of God moved him to the place where he said, here I am. Send me, Lord. God will do the same with you. He'll do it in your business. He'll do it in your soul winning. He'll do it in your ministry. What's holding us back? What's been holding us back? Let it hold us back no more in Jesus' name. 
It's time to stop being held back, to stop looking at who we were in the flesh and let who Jesus is in the Spirit and who He was in the flesh become our reception of reality today. Nothing's holding you back in Jesus' name. Nothing. Nothing. God's doing a work. Doing a work. Stand her up. Get two people to help her. God's doing a work. Who you thought you were is not who you are. Who you thought you were is not who you are. God's standing you up in his righteousness and anointing you. Let the Lord do a work. Well, what's she going through? Who knows? God does. It's his anointing. It's his anointing. I can tell you what's happening. The Lord's raising her up to another level. He's taking her to places she didn't even know she could see. I can see that. Oh, look again. Oh, oh man. I, I didn't even know I could see that. Look again. I'm telling you right now, you didn't know you could even see those heights. Look again. You didn't even know you could say octillion. Look again. You didn't know you could possess that much money in your account. Look again. You didn't know you could walk in that level of anointing. Look again. Look through Jesus. Receive his sight for you. Receive what he's purchased and ransomed you. We have an advocate. We have an advocate. We have an accuser in heaven, but Revelation 12, 10, uh, verse 11 says, But they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life even when faced with death. I want you to hear it. It doesn't matter what you thought. It matters what you say. It matters what, not what you used to think. It matters what you say today. The word of their testimony. You might not feel adequate. I remember when that revelation hit me, Brother Tracy was preaching, and I I'd struggled with it, didn't even know I'd struggle with it. But I know when the revelation hit me. I was in Texarkana. I was sitting there on the front row. I was sitting about where Abigail is, and, and he came by, and he, and he was reading that verse. He said, you are able and the moment he said that something struck me in the inner man and I about it, it, had I done what I wanted to do he would have probably enjoyed it but I was still getting to know him at the time and I held back but as soon as it was like this I was sitting there he said you are able and it exploded inside of me I'm an adequate minister I'm an able minister in Jesus name that I'm carrying what I need to carry. I'm carrying the anointing of God. I'm able. I'm adequate. I'm righteous. And all of a sudden, no matter what I felt like, I started confessing. Like, I might not feel like I'm able. There's days I'll walk in even today. I don't feel like I'm able. I don't feel like I'm adequate. I feel like I've been struggling all night. It ain't caught nothing. And I'll walk in, but I'll come out. No, I'm an adequate minister. I'm an able minister. And all of a sudden, the real truth of the Spirit of God and the work of the ransom of Jesus Christ goes to work on the inside of me by faith. And all of a sudden, an adequate 
adequacy comes out in an anointing. An adequacy and an ableness comes out. And you can do that at your work. You can do it in your home. All of a sudden, an ableness and an adequacy comes out of you. Every believer has that inside of them. Every believer has it inside of them. Every believer has a call on your life, a mission. Every believer has something of God to get done. And as you'll stand up in it and you'll confess it and you'll walk in it and stop looking with logic, but become a receiver of his adequacy, a receiver of his ableness, a receiver of his righteousness, a receiver of the price of the ransom that has been paid for all. All of a sudden, something will come up inside of you. Something will come out of you. It's the anointing of God. The anointing of God. For years, I longed to carry an anointing that would change lives, that people would be overcome by the anointing. When I got revelation of it and became a receiver, everything changed. I want you to understand something. When I became a receiver of finances, it changed how I received in the Spirit. And now I had more to give in the anointing. Jesus said it like this. He said, look, if you don't understand what to do with this mammon, with this little thing, how will I give you the true riches of the kingdom? Many people have never entered into the power of the kingdom of God because they've never gotten giving and receiving worked out. And giving and receiving is like Christianity 101 and people have not gotten to that place where they realize it and they just need to learn how to receive and how to be a giver. They need to learn. I'm telling you, when I learned how to receive finances, I learned how to receive spiritually. Something clicked. And all of a sudden, the anointed started flowing in a different way. I'm telling you, it was awesome. Play that music. Something. Amen. See, there's an accuser. Y'all gonna have to play something more upbeat. I know I told you to play something, but play something more upbeat. This ain't that message. Good luck. Be led. You got to understand there's an accuser that's been living in this world. He's been reminding you of where you came from. He's been reminding you of what family you were born in. He's been reminding you of all the stuff that you did that was not right. But listen here there's an advocate. There's an intercessor in, in, at the throne room of God at the Father's right hand. There's an intercessor. There's an advocate, a help for you. There's a mediator. There's a doorway. And, and there's somebody waiting on you to grab a hold of the finished work of Christ. There's somebody waiting on you to take hold of the ransom of God that's paid for all. We have an advocate. Listen to this, Luke 22, 31 and 32. 
Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But Simon had an intercessor. Simon had an advocate. But Simon, I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And you, when once you have turned again, strengthen your brother. You're getting ready to go through something, but you're going to make it. And when you come through it, you're going to be different. You're going to be carrying strength. You're going to be carrying something you didn't even know you had. You're going to be carrying something that God prepared for you, set you about on a path, and then he lifted you up, cleaned you off. Here I am. Send me. Hey. Hey. Hey, hey, that's your story. He tried to kill you. He tried to take you out. He tried to get you to destroy yourself. But when you get through it, and you're through it now in Jesus' name, all of a sudden you'll find out God has set me on a rock, set me on a foundation to be a pillar of the light of God. Ah, so tall, afraid in the case. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My little children, I'm writing these things to you. 1 John 2, 1. That you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who will plead your righteousness from his behalf. He'll say, I know they sin, but I am their advocate. I've paid for that thing. I'll clean them. I'll help them. I'll strengthen them. I'll take them from where they've been, and they'll never be the same. They'll never be the same in Jesus' name. They'll never be the same. Thank you, Father. Hebrews 7.25, Therefore he is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for him. He always lives to make intercession for him. Jesus always lives to make intercession for you. Just close your eyes right now. Jesus lives to make intercession for me. Always interceding for you. He, look. It's not Pastor Brian praying for you. It's Jesus praying for you. What are you lacking? What is going to hold you back? You are able. You are adequate. You are made righteous. Oh, glory to God. All right. Get that music ready to go again. But right now, pull it down for just a second. Luke, come here. Last month when we had, you can stay stand. This ain't going to take a second, but I want you to see something. Last month when we had our prayer night. Come here, buddy. Last, last month when we had our prayer night, the Lord told me, he said, grab Luke and I want you to pray for him. And I just, I grabbed him, and I just, you know, I grabbed a hold of him, and I just wrapped him up like this. And for, I don't know, 15, 30 minutes or something, I just prayed for him. Just praying in the Holy Ghost for him. Just praying in the... <laughs> Interceding for him. Being an advocate for him. And all of a sudden, I got done, and I told him to go. Now, get on out here. 
And, uh, and I told him to go. And about that time, the Lord said, that's how I intercede for you with the same love that you just had for your son. I'm your advocate in front of the Father and you can't see it, but I got you wrapped up and I'm praying for you and I'm getting ready to turn you loose in the power of God. This is how I love you. This is how I pray for you. I am your advocate. Turn the music back on. I'm your advocate. I'm interceding for you at the right hand of God. Is there anybody who receives our advocate tonight? Anybody who won't be held back by it? In Jesus' name, receive the intercession of Jesus for you. For Christ did not enter a holy place made with hands, Hebrews 9.24, a mere copy of the true one, but he, he went into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us as our advocate. Play it again. Because we're about to run around this place. We're about to run around this place. Are you getting a revelation of your advocate? A revelation of the one who paid a ransom for you? A revelation of the one who made you righteous? Are you getting a revelation of his love for you that can't stop, that won't be held back, no matter what you did, where you came from, what your problem has been? Oh, we got an advocate who picked you up, cleaned you off, strengthened you, empower you, turn you into a burning pillar of fire of God. An advocate. <laughs> give me my Bible. Or just give me my phone. Romans chapter 8. Whoo! Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Starting at verse 31. Just hear this. They'll put the, the scriptures on the screen. Just hear this. Romans 8, 31. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? If God is for, say it with me, if God's for me, who's against me? Who can stand against him? If they can't stand against him, they can't stand against us. Verse 32. He... God the Father, who did not spare his own son, but delivered his son over for us all. If he'd give us Jesus, how will he not also with Jesus freely give us all things? All things, all things, all things, all things, all things. How will he not do that? He gave us Jesus. How will he not give us freely all things? You think something's holding back your blessing? The only thing holding back our blessing, the devil ain't got enough power to do it. Most of the blessings being held back is because we don't know how to receive. We don't know how to receive. We don't know how to walk out the righteousness. We don't know that God made us righteous. We don't know that he made us able. We don't know that he made us adequate. What changed in me is I just got revelation of who I am in him. Who's holding back these things? How, how would he give you Jesus? How would he give you Jesus and not give you everything freely? 
How would he do that? He's giving you all things. He's pouring it out in Jesus' name. You'll not lack. You'll not be troubled. No, you'll cast the net in and be a blessing to every neighbor on all sides in Jesus' name. And overflow. Poverty is no longer a part of your DNA in Jesus' name. But you are an abundant child and daughter of the Most High. <laughs> Thirty-three. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who's going to charge you with something? God's the one that handles that business. God's the one who handles. Who's going to accuse you of something? That's God's business. Accusations can come. Stuff can come. What is that? What do I have to do with that? They can call you all kinds of weird names. I imagine that's happening right now. They go, y'all got, who's, that's not my business. My business is to do what Jesus told us to do. Operate in the power of God. Be an able minister operating in the fullness of preaching the gospel with signs and wonders following. Our job is not to be concerned with what other people think. Who can bring a charge against God's elect? You think that charge with the ransom that Jesus paid is ever going to hit God's ears with any strength? No! No, it can't because he looked. He says, oh, you're accusing my son, my daughter of being this or being that. He says, Jesus? And Jesus says, ain't his. He's been made a new creation. I don't know who he's talking about. Every charge dropped like that. Who's going to bring a charge against the elect of God? I don't even have anything to defend because no charges can be brought to the elect. No charges. Woo God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather, who was raised and is at the right hand of God who also intercedes for us. Jesus is the one who's not just in words of accusation. No, but he was raised in power to intercede for the children of God. Who? He wasn't the one who just as comes in words only. No, he comes in power. He was raised. Resurrection power flowing through him. He's the one talking to God. He's the one who has God's ear. He's the one. Not the devil. Not even our thoughts. Jesus is there wrapping us up, interceding, giving those prayers over us, loving you like a loving father only can do. Oh, glory to God! <laughs> Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword just as is written for your sake all day long we're being put to death all day long we were considered as sheep to be slaughtered but in all these things everything the devil tries everything he tries to throw every time he reminds you of your sinful past every time he reminds you of what family you came out of what side of the tracks you grew up on all the problems that you have Every time the devil tries to accuse, every time he tries to trap you, we overwhelmingly conquer 
through him who loved us. Oh, Lord, we receive today. Say it with me. We receive. 38, for I am convinced that neither death, say it with me, neither death nor life nor angels or principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth or any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Woo! Do you receive tonight? Do you receive your righteousness? Do you receive it? If you want to receive, and if you're receiving, God's leading you to receive on a different level. Come up now in Jesus' name. You're the next contestant on the righteousness of God being poured out. Receive what God has made you. Whole, healed, overflowing, able, adequate people of God. Receive the power, the signs and wonders. Believers, receive his righteousness in Jesus' name. Oh, glory to God. Woo! Now play that song loud. Do I have any receivers in here? Just start thanking them for receiving. Just start thanking them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. So afraid of today. Yeah, glory. Glory. When I lay my hands on you, when I lay hands on you, I want you to receive. Not just like as Pastor Brian only, but pray. I want you to receive like your intercessors laying hands on you. Like your advocate is laying hands on you. Like Jesus made a special trip, I don't know, maybe to bring a special message at a Holy Spirit service after a week where you've been tired. <laughs> but you pushed your boat out. You got in reception. All of a sudden, he's done preaching. And right now, by faith, you're throwing your nets out. By faith, you're throwing your nets out. By faith, you're throwing your nets out. By faith, whoo! By faith, in Jesus' name, whoo! Hey! By faith, you're throwing your nets out. By faith, whoa! Hey, hey, hey! By faith, Lord, I receive everything you got for me. Whoo! Whoa! Hey, 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 thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Hold it on, go up, go up, don't cut the By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Oh, thank you, Lord. Woo, by faith. Hey, by faith. Oh, so do no. By faith, by faith, by faith, Lord, I'm throwing my nets out. Throwing them out. Oh, he's going to fill them up. Lift him up. Lift him up. Help two guys, two guys. Lift him up. Oh, throwing the nets out. They're going to be full. You're going to be able to help neighbors. You're going to be able to help family. You're going to be so overflowing. They're going to, it's, that blessing's going to almost sink their boat, but God will help them too. Oh, by faith. <laughs> Glory to God. By faith. That's for you. That was your husband. <laughs> so blessed. So blessed. Oh, by faith. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Soon, yeah, by faith. 
children Thank you, Lord. Your word is true. Your word is true. Your word is true. Your word is true. In Jesus' name. I'm glad y'all came tonight. Oh, God has some big stuff lined up. Oh, we've got big stuff lined up. Oh, we've got big stuff. Oh, we've got big stuff. Oh, we've got big stuff. Oh, glory to God. Woo! We've got big stuff. Woo! By faith. All right, Lord, I'll throw those nets down. I'll trust you when I don't feel like I got it all. Lord, I'll trust you for wisdom. I'll trust you for where I don't feel adequate, where I don't feel able. Oh, yeah, I'll trust you. Woo! By faith. Bless the Lord. Just yield and watch. Say it with me. Say, Lord, I'll yield. I'll receive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just yield and watch. Just yield and watch. Say, baby, baby. Doesn't matter what you were. It matters the price he paid and who you are in him. Who are you in him? Oh, it's something mighty. It's something magnificent. We're covered by your love. Even with the Holy I yield. Ghost. I More than I enough. I receive. In your freedom hey. now. I'm covered by your grace. There's hey. healing Hallelujah. power. Hallelujah. We have been changed. So bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Say, Lord, I receive. I am living in the overflow. You are the sovereign one. You've given us your name. We declare your kingdom come. Forever you reign. Living in the overflow. The banner where we go, we see the victory. Now bless the Lord, bless the Lord, oh my soul. I am living in the overflow. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I am living in the
just sing and let's receive and yield to what the Lord wants to pour out for these next few minutes. Amen. Oh 
living in the overflow. We're covered by your love, moving with the Holy Ghost. You're more than enough. I'm walking in your freedom now. I'm covered by your grace, witnessing your healing power. We have been changed. Now let's bless him. Bless the Lord. the sovereign one you've given us your name we declare your kingdom come forever you reign i'm living in the overflow the bound and now set free everywhere we go we see the victory let's bless the lord bless the lord today? Did you learn some about receiving? Did you learn some about yielding? Did you receive? Are we ever supposed to receive lack? No, No, everything's been paid for. Why would I receive half measures? 
Why would I stop short? No, I, I receive it all, Lord. I receive it all. You paid for all. I receive it all. I receive it so that I have an abundance for every good work. Lord, we receive today joy in our house, peace in our house, grace in our house, provision in our house, salvation in our house, deliverance in our house, protection in our house, restoration in our house, in our lives, in our, in our homes, in our children, in our jobs, in our business. Lord, we walk as receivers. We walk as receivers. We walk as receivers, Lord, in Jesus' name. And Lord, we have an advocate and we got an intercessor whose name is Jesus, who has every right to intercede whatever he wants to, and he decided he was going to intercede for you and me. On what price? The whole price. He didn't pray on a $100 bill down at Walmart. No, he paid the ultimate price once for all time throughout all eternity and throughout the whole universe. And that is the one who's praying on that level for you and I. He's interceding for you and me. What shall separate us from the love of God? If God would give us Jesus, how will he not freely with him, freely with him, how in the world will he not freely with him give us all things, all things? All things. Lord, we receive today. You can just play that song in the background as we go out. Lord, we, today we receive all things. Lord, we yield to you. We don't stand in the way. We don't let our unrighteous thoughts stand in the way. We don't let what neighborhood we came out of stand in the way. We don't let the poverty mindset the world taught us stand in our way. We don't let uh, the sin uh, consciousness stand in our way. No, we're made the righteousness of God in Christ. There's a price been paid. We'll never pay a greater one, but it's been paid for us. And Lord, today is our receiving day. Today is our day to yield and watch God poured out. Father, we praise you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, bless your people as we go. Lord, let them carry the glory and the anointing. Lord, overflow their lives. Thank you, Lord, for a Holy Ghost weekend. Thank you for 28 souls this weekend. Praise God. Glory to God that we got to be a part of that. And Lord, thank you for this Holy Spirit service and the unity in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day. We love you. Be blessed. We'll see you next time.